0: what would you do if you were diagnosed with a scary disease? Welcome to the Eat Plants, Feel Whole podcast, a program designed to help you harness the healing power of plants and transform your health. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar, and I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief of Advent Health Press. Today, we're talking to lifestyle medicine specialist, Dr. George Guthrie, about his book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. Welcome, Dr. Guthrie. It's a pleasure to be here, Todd. Dr. Guthrie, there are folks that have been diagnosed with scary, sometimes life-threatening diseases, and you've seen your fair share of those uh, over your medical career. That's correct. I found in taking a look at your new book Mm -hmm. that you start off with a really fascinating story. It's a a journey about a patient and not only the transformative experience that they go through when they were diagnosed, but also the effect that
1: that had on you and your career. I wonder if you could tell us about that story. When I was going through my training, uh, there were clues that maybe some of these diseases were reversible and connected. But I never really saw it happen until Ralph walked into my office one day. And I'd been reading about things. Ralph was an interesting fella. He was uh, an Italian businessman, and he came in with a simple problem. You know, had a little bit of a rash or something on his skin that he wanted me to take a look at. Mm -hmm. Uh, I looked at the lesion, and indeed it looked like he had some cholesterol deposits in the skin, and indeed that happens. Mm. So I ordered some lab tests on Ralph, and it ended up, when he came back for the visit the next week, his blood sugars were elevated, his cholesterol was elevated, his blood pressure was elevated, and (laughs) uh, interestingly, he was also overweight.
0: So that's uh, that's a lot of kind of strikes right there if you're a physician looking at this patient and wanting to help Ralph, right?
1: This was before we kind of understood that these four diseases were all tied together in Uh one. A fellow by the name of Gerald Riven did that for us in the uh, uh, nineteen, kind of late 1980s. Mm-hmm. So I call them the big four, okay? They tend to come together, other diseases around them. The big four. What are those big four? Well, <clears throat> I, the flagship is diabetes, type mm-hmm, 2 diabetes, mm-hmm. heart disease, and hypertension, and obesity. So those four together, uh, Gerald Riven called the... Uh, uh, kind of the metabolic syndrome, the, he called it first syndrome X, but now we kind of call it the uh, metabolic syndrome.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of a big word, metabolic. Tell me what that means.
1: It means it affects the whole body, the whole metabolism. Uh, okay. There's something going on everywhere. These things are all tied together. They're not separate diseases as I learned them in medical school.
0: Uh-huh. So even though they might have separate names and kind of separate diagnoses, there's a link between these.
1: There is a link between okay. them, a physiologic, a metabolic link between mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: Ralph then comes in and he's kind of got this big whammy. I mean, he's got he's got these kind of four strikes against him. So he's, how did that affect you and the relationship? He's or? got a quadruple whammy.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, he knew about his weight. And of course, when we checked his blood pressure in the office when he first came in, we knew that was elevated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the surprises to him were his cholesterol being elevated and his blood sugar being elevated. Mm-hmm. The first thing I asked him was, you know, Ralph, has anybody ever told you your cholesterol was high? And his answer was, I no. I said, well, it is kind of high, and we need to make some lifestyle changes first to work with that. And then when I explained to him about the blood sugars being high, that became even more interesting. Ralph was a kind of a quiet fellow. He, uh, uh, he seemed to be listening, and, and my Kind of sense, my woman's intuition told me that Ralph was understanding what I was talking about. So I explained to him where diabetes comes from as best I understood it.
0: Well, let me ask you did he ask if it was hereditary? Because it's, <laughs> it's you know, some of these things that you just mentioned, it sounds like, you know, are they my fault? I mean, is
1: this just something I inherited, uh, you know, through my genes? Or? It's, it's a reasonable question. From what we now know, there are some genetic, we might call them weaknesses that may tend but it's not a have to. Sometimes uh, we like to use this phrase, uh, genetics loads the gun, but the lifestyle uh, pulls the trigger. Oh. So, and, and then there's this whole new field, which I understand now much better than I did then, of epigenetics, where your behavior actually changed your genetic expression. That's extremely powerful. The point is, I think, that we need to make here is that the ability to manage these disease is, by and large, not completely, but mostly within the realm of the individual's choices. One can change their lifestyle and get healthier.
0: Mm, So genetics... Can play a part, like you said, that kind of it loads does. the gun. Mm-hmm. But my choices on a day by day basis, do the lifestyle are that the I larger to rid- part. That's the no, bigger part that I need to focus that's exactly on. exactly right. Okay, all right. Okay. So you, you you told this to Ralph.
1: And so what I explained this? to Ralph as I had been taught first non drug therapy. Then we talked about the pills that he could take to help control the blood sugars, mm-hmm. and and then <laughs> I raised the, the challenge. I said, Ralph, in my experience. People whose blood sugars are as high as yours, his blood sugar fasting was over 200. Our goal, normal. I take it that's
0: high. I don't, I'm not a doctor. That's high. The,
1: okay. Normal for mm-hmm. those of us who don't have diabetes is somewhere between 70 and 100. So hmm. he was okay. way up there. Diagnosis at that time was made with a fasting blood sugar over about 140, and he was at over 200. Whoa. So it was clear. Yeah. And I told Ralph, in my experience, pills are not enough. You're likely to need insulin, and when I used the word insulin, this you know kind of contemplative, listening sort of a person became a uh, veritable Vesuvius. The emotions kind of went over. uh? He says, "Doc, I don't care what happens, I will never take insulin," and he meant it from his deep in his heart. And of course, as the volcano is volcanoing,
0: Hmm.
1: (laughs) my brain is thinking, "I've been learning about some things: the insulin resistance in the muscle." I wonder if we could turn that around it makes sense to me that we could although i didn't have a lot of evidence from the scientific literature and i said to myself because this was a few years back oh this is a few years back we know a lot more now okay so i said to myself okay probably best not to hit ralph head on and say you're going to take that or else Mm -hmm. i'm going to give him a choice Mm -hmm. i said look ralph if you'll do what i tell you to as long as your blood sugars are coming down as long as your cholesterol is coming i won't say anything about pills I won't say anything about insulin. And he said, I still remember when I gave him that choice, he said, I'll do it. Took his fist and kind of hit the air. That, that was it. He wasn't going to be a pill guy. I love stubbornness. <laughs> when it's <laughs> going in the right direction, things happen. Stubbornness is a good thing. Ralph had exactly the stubbornness he needed. So I laid it out for him as best I could. I explained to him, Ralph, we need to change what you're eating. You need to decrease those calories. We need to move towards more Whole plant food. Okay, and what do you mean by whole plant foods? I mean, if well, food we is food, to, right? Well, we tend to refine food in our business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in our culture, the uh, manufacturer takes whatever it is. I mean, potatoes, for example, slices them up, turns them into potato chips. Okay. A potato is better than a potato chip. As I expressed it to Ralph, mm-hmm. I said, Ralph, do you like apples? If I eat um, three or four apples personally, mm-hmm. I'm pretty full. Mm -hmm. But those apples could be smashed up. I put that apple juice at the head of my knife Mm -hmm. and I take that with my meal. That's seven to eight apples worth of Energy, the fiber and the water. Of calories well, and so. Calories, yeah. yeah, yeah. Energy, e- calories is another way of talking about energy. So mm-hmm. that's concentrated calories. I have taken with my meal now the equivalent of seven or eight apples. If I'd eaten those apples, my stomach would have filled up, and I'd have quit eating a long time ago. Oh. Not that apple juice is bad. It's just that apples are better. Are better. Now I My, see my next it. example for Ralph was corn. Right? I like corn. I, I grew up in the Midwest. We used to have corn roasts. Well, we did corn roasts, too, on the beach in California. Oh, okay. is that right? So, I, I think my record was 13 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even think I, I counted them, but I'm not Sand sure I Sand and all. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, you eat 12 or 13 years of corn, oil, uh, corn. You're, you've got quite a, a bit of corn in bulk. If you smash also that stuck corn up and stuck in your teeth, mm-hmm. you, you <laughs> smash that corn, you take the oil out, the manufacturer puts it in a bottle and, it, and puts no cholesterol on it because it came from plants, so it doesn't have cholesterol. Oh, okay. It's on the shelf in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I pick it up, take it home, make a salad dressing out of it, put a mm-hmm. tablespoon of that in my salad, and I'm getting 16 to 18 years worth of corn oil. You see, the fiber wow. and the other parts of the corn are gone, uh-huh. and I've concentrated Those calories, that energy, I'm taking a lot more calories. So, if we're going to decrease calories to fix this underlying problem, incidentally, we now understand caused a majority by too many calories in. Yeah. In order to get those calories down, how much better to fill your stomach up with things that don't have so many calories, less caloric density?
0: You know, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't know that I had thought about it quite in that way before because. You write calorie density. That is mm-hmm. just you know taking
1: the sort of the whole food. Is that what you call it? Well, the, whatever food you're eating, right, has a caloric density. And of yeah. course, plants have less caloric density. And the more we refine things, yeah, the more caloric density there seems to be. Uh huh. So that makes
0: it easier to consume more calories, maybe more calories than I need, simply if I'm if I'm eating more processed food. Mm-hmm. So, so, your advice to Ralph, part of your advice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was that he needed to start eating less processed foods and, and more whole more foods? More whole foods. Uh, mm. And how did he take to that?
1: He took to it pretty good. As a matter of fact, his eyes told me he was understanding that, so I moved on to the next one.
0: Okay. okay? All
1: right. I said, Ralph, do you eat grass? <laughs> and his response
0: was, yes, I graze in the backyard. You know, he all the gets time.
1: a quizzical look on his face and he says, all right, no, Doc, what do you mean? Well, I say, the cow eats grass. Mm-hmm. And concentrates all the calories, the fiber and things kind of drop out on the backside. And <laughs> I love this pun. <clears throat> it concentrates the cowries. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the cowries. I like that. All right. Okay? So when you, when you uh, eat the steak, uh-huh. you end up having very concentrated calories. And I told Ralph, what I'd rather you do is to use a little ground beef in your beans Uh It's not that you can't have animal products. Use the beans, which are high in water, high in fiber, Mm -hmm. low in in kind of concentrated calories, and then add a little beef in it for flavor. Better to have a little uh, ground beef with your beans than to have a steak. That would be a... No mistake.
0: mistake. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> the cows might appreciate that, too. Yes, they might. <laughs> so the exciting thing was that Ralph was stubborn enough that he actually made this work. Of course, I got him a blood sugar checking machine so he could do it at home. Mm-hmm. The nurse showed him how to do it a couple days later. And he came back 10 days later with his report. Now, on his way out, I guess, uh, this whole lifestyle business is much more than just eating. Sure. I sure. had needed to talk to Ralph about exercise. I had been learning... From the scientific literature, that insulin resistance develops in muscles when there's too many calories in and the muscles don't have anything to do with them. Now tell me what that means, insulin resistance. Insulin is supposed to tell the cells, muscle cells and other cells in the body, to take in the energy. Oh, okay. So if they already have enough energy, they develop a resistance. They say no. I mean, I'm anthropomorphizing a little bit, but that's what's happening. The cells are saying no. So if that happens, if that's what the basis of this business is, I thought to myself, what we need to do is to find a time when the stomach is empty. We would call that fasting in medical jargon, Okay. meaning energy is coming not from the stomach, but from storage. And then I, I wanted Ralph to go out and do some exercise. Well, when's the best time to, to be hungry? Well, for me, it's usually first thing in the morning. Okay. Well, let's say at nighttime is a good time not to eat. It takes about... Eight to twelve hours to reach the fasting state, depending on how much you eat the that previous meal. Mm-hmm. So I encourage Ralph to, if he's going to eat an evening meal, keep it really small. Number one, and number two, <clears throat> try to go to bed with an empty stomach, and then in the number three in the morning before he ate, break fast,
0: uh-huh.
1: break fast, break that fast, mm-hmm. breakfast. Then yeah. do the exercise then, because uh-huh. to my logic at that time. Uh, that would be the best time to reverse the insulin resistance.
0: Oh now w- would you recommend, by the way, that same uh, procedure for people that aren't in Ralph's position? I mean I mean if I don't have these big four that you just talked about, is that still a healthy thing to do or to or to
1: consider? Uh, it's good for health on a lot of different uh, levels okay and uh, the science now supports what I was. Kind of half guessing at mm-hmm. you know 25 30 years ago so it, it now supports that kind of eating and you may have heard of intermittent fasting it's kind of some of the physiology yeah. that's coming in and yeah. so you know kind of skipping that evening meal seems to be better from the scientific literature for people especially with the metabolic syndrome the big four mm-hmm. uh, but it's beneficial for a lot of other people as well so Ralph, he chose to follow your advice and what kind of results did he see? That was the exciting thing for me, okay? Because yeah. when I saw him back, his blood sugar was still high, but down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as I followed him through the year, uh, I watched his blood sugars come all the way down. He'd bring in his little records and, and it never took me long to do the visit because everything was getting better. His blood pressure came down, his weight started to come down. I still remember the last visit I had with Ralph. I mean, it was a, almost a year to the day since that first one and and uh, ralph came in with these perfect blood sugars he said to me doc last week i tried a little ice cream and my blood sugar didn't go out of whack Wow, that's interesting his blood pressure was normal no pills Mm -hmm. his weight he was down 60 pounds 60 pounds 60 pounds all right and uh, he just he kind of had that glow about him his Mm -hmm. cholesterol was normal by standards in those days Mm -hmm. so ralph to my mind had completely reversed this disease. I had never seen that happen before. So because this was still early in your career. Well the science wasn't there. Yeah. And I, I had but I here I had actually seen it happen. Mm-hmm. And my whole focus changed. Well if this is actually reversible, if it can happen to Ralph, it can happen to other people. Mm-hmm. So My whole career changed, they actually sent me back to do a Master's of Public Health in Nutrition so I could know more about how these things all kind of fit together. And that's been the focus of my uh, time since then.
0: So that's interesting because you were an MD, you you are an MD, (laughs) I should say, Mm -hmm. but you wanted to go back and find out more. So so, so you went back to get a degree, Master's in Public Health. With emphasis in nutrition. Emphasis Mm -hmm. in nutrition, Mm -hmm. and then, then, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you become a a certified diabetes educator?
1: That came along a little bit, Later, as yes. I got a lot more experience applying the lifestyle change to people with diabetes.
0: But this story of Ralph, you say that that had an, an interesting
1: trajectory on your career. What, it, did, what did that lead to for it, you? Well, it led to this whole change of interest. Instead of focusing on just medications, mm-hmm. I'm focusing on the lifestyle. Let, let me finish up a little bit of the story of Ralph. Please, it's kind of fun. Please, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so. Here I am looking at Ralph, this very last visit that I saw him. And I said, Ralph, I'm embarrassed to have you come back to see me. Looks like this stuff has gone away. I don't know that I need to have you come back again unless, I mean, you need an annual exam each year. I'm happy to help you with that. If you've got a problem, you know, I'm happy to see you. <clears throat> but then the visit was over, except I didn't want it to be over because this was brand new to me. And so I said, Ralph, it's been almost exactly a year since I asked you to make those changes tell me about it. How was that for you? Those were dramatic changes. And Ralph's face kind of wrinkled up. And and he got that little bit of a scowl on his face. Mine followed, by the way. He said, well, doc, there was one problem. I said, what was it? Not knowing exactly what was going on. He said, well, this last year, I had two custom suits made, and when I got them home, they were both too big. <laughs> and he broke out in a big smile, and I said, Ralph, you got me. <laughs> oh, no, good. You know, sometimes uh, <laughs> the curses are actually blessings. <laughs> uh, they're blessings.
0: You know, the thing that, that, that's remarkable about that story, Dr. Guthrie, I hear you saying that, that even with the, these big four, as we're mm-hmm. calling them mm-hmm. here, the metabolic syndrome things that you've been discussing
1: – there's hope that they're reversible, is that right? That is correct. Now I can tell you from experience now that for many people, I even mean, I say most people, type 2 diabetes may be reversible, mm-hmm. but we can't say for all okay. because it's not all monolithic. But certainly the best thing one can do is to move towards the lifestyle. It benefits the lifestyle using whole plants and minimizing the concentrated calories helps people with type 1 diabetes as well. Hmm. Of course, blood pressure and the cholesterol and heart disease, we now know for example that uh, heart disease is reversible. So Mm -hmm. that came out just a few years after my experience with Ralph. So yes, we know that especially in this kind of metabolic syndrome package with these big four, these are reversible with lifestyle changes most of the time.
0: Boy, that is good to hear.
1: Oh, it's encouraging.
0: Now, let me ask you this. When is the right time for me to start making these changes? You mean, in like, my life? is it ever
1: too late? Yes. Is it ever too <laughs> late? I mean, <laughs> you know? Uh, let's answer that by saying the best time is now. The best time is now, okay. I mean, so, when one makes the changes, one gains the benefit. And I'll add this as well. A lot of people, and we have here, identified this big four as tied to obesity. And most of the time it is tied to being large. And often when people don't have one of the other big four, they would really like to lose weight. The neat thing to know is you don't have to lose all the weight, you don't have to get back to your high school weight in order to get the health benefits. Once you start moving in the right direction, the physiology inside changes much faster than the outside does. Ah. So a matter of three days, a couple of weeks, 18 days, if you want to talk about kind of our uh, eat plants, whole, uh, feel whole uh, kind of program. 18-day plan, yeah. 18-day plan, if, if you put it in that context, in just a few short days, your body can start healing itself, and you will feel much better.
0: So if you were to give us just kind of the bottom line summary, the one thing to take away from, from our talk here today, what action item would you tell people, start doing this today?
1: Well, I, I, I guess we'll reiterate what, what we've uh, suggested here. Eat plants and feel whole, preferably mm-hmm. uh, not overly processed.
0: Not overly processed. Mm-hmm. So, that, so, so the, the more whole, the better.
1: Closer we get it to the way it was created, the way it comes out of the ground, the better it's going to be for our body.
0: You know, I I like a quote that uh, is given in your book. It's actually from Michael Pollan, Mm -hmm. and he kind of summarizes a similar message to this. He says, eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Excellent.
1: Excellent. And that whole concept of real food is not the stuff that's been processed. It's the stuff you pick out of the garden. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Very good. Now in in your book as we as we wrap up here one of the things that i want to point out is you have a lot of great um free material that folks can access so on the I'm, website yeah. yes mm-hmm, on the website mm-hmm. so you know if people want I'm, I'm just grabbing a copy of your book right here mm-hmm. and um, uh, if folks would like to find out more things that they can do today one of the free resources that is is offered if people go to eatplantsfuel.com mm-hmm. is this one page overview
1: kind so, of a summary yeah
0: there. yeah summary mm-hmm. of the whole book now w- w- in in that one page overview it kind of hits the main Main three parts or three points of the book what are
1: those those three main parts well first we talk a bit about the science and and why we should be doing things and then uh, we do so that's the food itself the kind, food, of why the, the, kind of wider the the food, food yeah and then we talk about lifestyle changes in a broader sense mm-hmm. and then the the last uh, part we've already referred to, and that's this 18-day plan that includes recipes and menus to help people get started making those changes and kind of gaining that healing and those benefits.
0: It's wonderful. So if people come to EatPlantsFeelWhole.com, they can sign up and they can get that one page overview, overview of the book for free. Excellent. Good, good. Well, Dr. Guthrie, thank you so much. Really appreciate your sharing with us today. Mm-hmm. So you've been listening to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast. This is a limited edition, 15 part series where our goal is to help you harness the healing power of plants and to transform your health. I've been your host, Todd Chobotar. To find out more about Dr. Guthrie and his work, you can visit eatplantsfeelwhole.com. And if you'd like to discover other great resources that are gonna help you to feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, please visit us at adventhealthpress.com. And while you're there, uh, please don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter. Um, It includes healthy living tips, some leadership wisdom, and also some regular giveaways. Dr. Guthrie, thank you very much. Thank you everyone for listening today.